You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to After The Show. How are you? I'm well, you. Yeah, let me um, give you some preface this whole podcast with some notes. Are you ready? For me or for the, the wise and wonderful listeners? Audience. Okay. Okay, so last week I sounded like total garbage with an echoey microphone. I listened to it back and I was embarrassed. <laughs> Your podcastness was challenged. Yeah, my Yeti microphone that I've had for about four years just decided to go on the fritz and it, it randomly... It was fine sometimes, but then sometimes there was this weird echoey noise. So what did we do this week, Sid Talk? You bought a new, two new microphones. Yeah. So hopefully this sounds amazing and you're all like, wow, they've stepped wow, it up. you guys enough. are great. You're so great. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah. So we've got new microphones, which might mean we sound slightly different because different microphones pick you up differently. Who knows? But we think we sound fine from our test. Well, one of us doesn't care, and the other one thinks it's fine. And I'm predicting that not everybody even cares, but hey, you do, so that's what matters. That's true. All right, so it is Saturday, July the 3rd. Happy July the 4th weekend, Americans. Thanks. Also happy 4th of July weekend to anybody else in the world, just because we love you all. And you're alive on July the 4th and hoping that it's a fairly reasonable day. Well, today's not the 4th, it's the 3rd, but, you know. So, this is after the show number 691. We're a movie review podcast, and this week, our movie that we are about to review is A Quiet Place Part 2. It's a 2021 movie. It's actually one of the first movies to go back in theaters after the COVID pandemic, and it's in theaters now, and it will also be available very shortly to stream on all your usual streaming places, Sid Talk. Fantastic. Before we start, here's another, what would you call it, housekeeping style thing. Okay. You're going to scare everybody away. So not only was last week's podcast really echoey and it sucked, we also did not give the movie that we watched, which was called Censor, a score. We just decided not to bother or we just forgot. You realize all these things only matter to you. (laughs) Uh, On the listeners, possibly. Possibly, possibly. Okay. All right. So I am giving the movie Censor from last week the score of a 5 out of 10. I, I, I'll go with 6. All right. So that's our scores for Censor from last week. And I know you were, you were going, what were the scores for that Oh, movie? they're like, oh, finally, we know what score they gave the movie. All right. So that's that. This movie we're watching this week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's really arrogant because what we're assuming is that people listen to every single one of our podcasts. And so, like, they listened last week, and they've just been tormented all week about the score. But True. this could be a person's one and only time they're ever listening to us. They have no idea what we're talking about. All right. So this week's movie review is A Quiet Place Part 2. It's PG-13, and it's not available yet, but you will be able to stream it very soon, thanks to Paramount for letting us see an early copy. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of A Quiet Place Part 2. A uh, synopsis is A Quiet Place. Minus dad. Spoiler. (laughs) All right, I'll give you the real synopsis. Okay. Following the events at home, the the Adams family, I was going to (laughs) say. That's a different movie. Whole different movie. 
The Abbott family now faced the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realized the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond their sun path. That's right? it? That's it. Oh my. All right, so the Qu- A Quiet Place Part 2, uh, I'm going to say we were quite big fans of Part 1. Absolutely. Well, both of us liked it. I dug it. So how did you feel about Part 2, Sid Talk? Okay. Here's the deal. The first one, because it was so different, it's like one of those movies where a new thing, right? It's quiet. The creatures have the noise thing, right? So that's different than anything I've seen other than the game that you played, of course, (laughs) which is just like that game. But so that adds to the experience. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It was shocking. It was like all the stuff. And I love horror movies, by the way, if anybody's new to this, to our little world, I love horror movies. This time, I had the equal amount of entertainment and interest in what's going on. I love the creatures. I love that the world is, you know, they're still figuring it out. But unfortunately, that newness now, that part's gone and nothing really new happens, right? So like you said, you're just sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm hung on the hook now. I'm on the hook. It's, it's a creature that you're basically going to lose against unless you do this one thing, which is the noise, which we figured that out in the first movie. And now we know people can turn into assholes. So now we're sort of introducing the idea, just like in The Walking Dead, just like in every apocalyptic movie, humans turn into monsters. Yes. That's no secret. So that's nothing new. And that's it. So I was in love with the way it looks and the way it sounds and all the scare moments. I'm on board with all of the shit and the close-ups of the feet tiptoeing around, the mom trying to save her babies, all of it. The creature looks amazing. I'm still in 100%. It's just that it didn't take me anywhere. And so to me, it drops it down to just average, which is very sad. I want to say I really enjoyed it. And I think the opening sequence before the credits is like masterful. It almost... Mm -hmm. Felt like the opening to a Spielberg movie. I was really into it. It called back to the first movie. It basically the day it all started to go to shit. Mm-hmm. It was just this, it uses sound really well because it's just quiet and it's just family thing. You know, a baseball game's happening. And then... The shit is the van. Yeah. And then it's really visceral, like immediately. And it's like, oh my God, this is, you know, we're really taking this up. Yep. Like gut-wrenching almost. Yeah. And then... I was like, okay, so we're doing a prequel. This is really cool. Like, you know, because the first movie, how many days was the first movie into the, it said, didn't it? 98? 87 or or 98. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, we're doing days one to 98, like how they got to the farm and how they got to that point. But unfortunately, we're not doing that. We're doing a prequel in the first five minutes and then a sequel after that. And the only reason I think to have had that little prequel was to introduce Killian Murphy, first of all. And just to explain like the how long ago it was and how it took everyone totally by surprise and to introduce the idea that it's happening around the world, not just in this little town, because in the beginning, there's like a news story on what looks like CNN or MSNBC, something like that on a television. And they're like, oh, there's a giant explosion somewhere in a city or something like that. So now you've been told, okay, it's happening other places. And here's Killian Murphy, who, of course, we're going to meet later, <laughs> right? Um, otherwise, why introduce him, right? I think yeah. I feel like that, and it was really good. I wanted it to just go on and on and on. So I love that. I thought that was visceral and brilliant up to, and then it says A Quiet Place Part 2. And then it literally takes place, like the end scene of the first movie, it picks up from that scene. And then we follow our family. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, in the first movie, the dad died. In the second movie, we yeah. follow the rest. We follow the rest of the family. 
And that's where it's still great. I feel like it's really high quality and it's really good. But what I really liked about the first movie was you didn't see the creature very much. So when you did see it near the end, it was incredibly like, oh God, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. This one, they show you the creature like all the time. There's no hiding the creature. So the creature becomes less scary to me Mm. as the movie goes on because I've seen it a lot and I know what it can do. I'm not quite sure why it's doing what it's doing, apart from that we're annoying to them. Yeah, because I said, oh, wait, I forgot. Do the creatures eat people? But it doesn't do anything. It literally just swipes us away, crushes our skulls, rips us to bits, and then just keeps going. And I said- So I have a couple theories on where the creature came from, but hey, what do I know? But yeah, that's all. It wasn't like they're eating us or cocooning us like an alien or anything. True. But I think it's, they, yeah, they don't eat us. They just kill us. But I think they kill us because the noise is irritating to them. Mm. So even if we're talking or moving, it's, they don't need that noise. So they get rid of us. Now, they don't eat us at all, do they? There's not, you never see one feasting no, on a body. No, in fact, you've got skeletons laying around. Right. So they haven't been like ripped to pieces. Or I mean, you know, if a creature was sitting there eating us up. You would think there'd be heads and arms and things laying all over. I know that's gross, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're trying to put together a theory on this creature, which had to have developed somewhere in the universe. It's here now. It either came on a ship or like we were saying, maybe on a comet or an asteroid or something else. Yeah. And it has to function. It has to do something, but it doesn't seem to eat. It can't swim. And it's hypersensitive to noise. That's all we get from this creature. So the first issue I had with the actual story was when we were leaving the farm. And I actually said to you, like, why are we forced to leave this farm? Even in the synopsis, it says they were forced to leave their place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, it seems fine here. Apart from what? No, not apart from anything. It seems fine. They're on a farm. If they're quiet, they'll be fine, right? And if you kill the creatures that come, because now you know how. They've worked out a little system. Right. Yes, it sucks that you have to be quiet, but you are very isolated and you can over time figure out what direction they're coming from, how many come. I mean, you know, you can figure out all that stuff. But uh, yeah, the mom decides they have to leave. Yeah. So I wasn't 100 percent sure why we were leaving. And then when we did leave, there's obviously no plan. They're just going to try and find other people. Seems like it. And then they bump uh, into Killian Murphy's character. And from there, it turns into a. It's a trope, definitely, where we split the main characters into groups and they're not all together. And little adventures happen. Yeah, it seemed a little bit forced to me. Yeah, like mum's over here doing something, kids separated from mum and other kids with Killian Murphy doing another thing. We like to call those Rick Grime plans. Yeah. Because Rick Grimes in Walking Dead has the worst fucking plans and ideas of anybody ever in the history of horror movies. Even every single person who's ever gone to the basement when they shouldn't, gone to the attic when they shouldn't. Rick Grimes, he's invented all new ways of having bad ideas. Exactly. And that's what these ideas are to me. (laughs) Like the girl, the daughter has a bad idea. She wants to go find a boat to get them, you know, get them to save me. Safety is very noble. But then she invites What's-His-Face along and he decides to go along with her. The kid, the mom. Here's what I would do if I was the mom. I would not leave the teenage boy, who is deaf, with a baby in a box with barely any oxygen left. With a really bad foot. Yes. I would just take them with me. Fuck it. If I know I have to go get the medicine from the pharmacy, which is what she's doing, and get some more oxygen. Now, the oxygen in the box is because she was pregnant in the first one, has the baby 
They built a box that's soundproof, put the baby in the box, put a can of oxygen and a little baby oxygen mask on the baby so they could shut it when the baby was crying. Now, it sounds horrible and it looks horrible. It's terrifying, but that's how they're saving the baby, right? I wouldn't leave the boy with the baby. Just take him with you. Bad idea, mom. Bad idea. So it splits off into these three little missions, and that's the whole movie, basically. These mm-hmm. three missions, you know, and they do cleverly, like, cut between them, and they always kind of reference each other, like, whatever's happening in one seems to be happening in the other one. It's all kind of the same story linked together. What I was thinking was, this is, it's a continuation of the first one, right? It's sort of morphed from the first one into this, so I kept trying to think, like, it's all one thing instead of, oh, here's a whole new movie about this subject. So in that situation i was okay with it yeah it does feel like you just i mean if you watch them back to back they really fit together apart from maybe those kids look a bit like considering it's the same day (laughs) yeah they probably look different right i didn't notice i tried not i mean if you watch them back to back i bet i bet you're like oh wow they grew up because it's been what three years between the movies yeah so that might you know be weird this movie like the first one was a lot of suspense and a lot of oh what are we dealing with here we're not sure it's terrifying. Everybody keep quiet. This one's more like it's less about everybody keeping quiet and more about like this big action sequences, like giant like thing, you know, the creatures running at them and things falling down and things blowing up. And it's a bit more. Yeah. Wow. And trying to introduce the idea that they're very bad people now in the world, which is not really a surprise to any of us. You know what I mean? John um, Krasinski has definitely played The Last of Us 2. If he has not, <laughs> I would be very surprised. Explain to the people who don't know what you're talking about. There are shots in this movie that... No, I mean, what is The Last of Us? Oh, The Last of Us uh, and The Last of Us 2 is a video game series by Naughty Dog. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Mm, but what if no one's watched us, listened to us before? Post-apocalyptic, there's been a virus, and these this virus turns humans into these things called clickers and they're just kind of like savage monsters they look very much like the monsters in this movie aside from oh the my long... god yes totally yeah i mean these ones have got long arms and long legs but the ones in last of us haven't but the heads are almost identical the noise they make is identical the not just the clickers this movie in general the way it looks is very last of us i mean you know the overgrown uh, modern world cell phones on the mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing And there was a shot in this movie with Killian Murphy and Millicent Simmons' character, and they were just looking up a road from behind, and it was dark, and it just looked like Ellie and Joel standing Oh, you mean the boat one? Yeah. The boat scene. Also, there is a boat. Uh, Getting to an island on a boat is actually a big part of The Last of Us 2. I don't know. It just... It keeps jumping out at me. Now, if you're not familiar with The Last of Us 2, they are making a HBO uh, series of that game right now. So soon, you probably will be familiar with it, because... You know, I'm sure it'll be a big hit. So anything about, well, the other thing about this movie, A Quiet Place 2, and it feels like I'm ragging on it, but I actually really enjoyed myself. Yeah, me too. But the ending of the movie, you know when you get an unsatisfied feel from a movie? Yep. Sometimes you get a really satisfied feel. You're like, oh, that's awesome. I love that ending, right? Yep. But then other movies, you're like, oh, really? Like, that's all you've got? That's how I felt. <laughs> it, it, when it cut to black, I thought, okay, we're going to do three months later. And then it just said, written and directed by John Krasinski. And I was like, oh, so there's something after the credits then. Okay. So we sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there. And then it just showed us the uh, Paramount logo and it ended. I was like, oh. 
But the question is, are we just brainwashed to expect the, oh, three months later, here is the army, here's the government, here are all the people in charge who have figured it out, here's our little safe place, right? Is that supposed to just... Yeah. Are we supposed to just expect that? So is it good that it doesn't have it, you know? And it does leave the story with some unanswered things. You know, there's a wound, for instance. Mm -hmm. There's things that where you're like, oh, are we we fucked now or is this good? (laughs) You know, I just left with a, uh, oh, I really enjoyed it. It was action-packed, but I didn't have, like, a massive feeling at the end of, oh, that was great. Like, that's a good resolution to the whole thing. Because it didn't feel like a resolution. It felt like the start of something else. Right. As if the entire two movies is a start to something else. Right. A bigger thing. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, yes, trilogies are... One big movie that somebody decided to cut into chunks and make into multiple movies. I get that. I'm not an idiot. But this really feels like... Right. And John Krasinski has gone on record from the beginning that no, when he made when he wrote the first one and everything, he was like, this is just a singular thing. I don't want to do a sequel. It's a thing. And then, obviously, it was a huge <laughs> success. Paramount coaxed him, apparently, into making a sequel. And now he's made a sequel, and this doesn't even feel like the end this all i'm telling you it feels like the beginning it feels like there could be all kinds of like this whole movie could have been before the credits of another movie (laughs) right so that's the part where i was kind of oh okay you know like Mm -hmm. what would a third movie be i can other than that what i was describing is you find out the origin of the creature you find out that there is a governmental or some other organizational body in the world somewhere who has figured out what you figured out, which is the sound thing. And you know what I mean? We're finding out where are they living? Where are they reproducing? What did they land on? We're going to go to the landing sites and find out what the origins, all that stuff. That would be your final thing. Or you wake up one day and they're all dead. Yeah. And that's it. Like they've starved to death over the course of a couple of years because they're not eating people. So see, I could write that movie. And because it's a third film, these the budget might will go up substantially and then they can do bigger things because i felt like in this one the first film was a very small kind of intimate little thing but then this one starts on this giant blockbuster aliens invading the planet thing doesn't it so mm-hmm. i mean the third one in my eyes if we're going like showing you the whole the whole big picture you have to go up again don't you like or do you go back to small again and you know finish it off that way i guess you could i mean the only way to do that is that if all of a sudden you just they just stop yeah that's the only quiet way to do it like humans didn't have anything to do with exterminating them no governmental power no number of guns or nuclear weapons can do anything it's just like and get follow me with this one what's the name of that other story where they all just died from a virus that they got you know the war of the worlds oh yeah they all just died because they got they weren't they weren't immune to whatever's on the earth yeah basically they caught a cold (laughs) yeah so if they do that, that's a little bit cheeky, but hey. Yeah. So let's move on to the cast here. Emily Blunt returns as Evelyn Abbott. What did you think of Emily? Uh, She was fine. She was pretty stressed out, but I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah. And I would say like this movie, there's not a huge script because there's a lot of being quiet, right? There's Correct. a lot of just acting with your hands or... <laughs> there's a lot of sign language. Well, plus two of her children are deaf. And so yeah. there's just a lot of that natural, you know... 
which I'm, I quite admire because they do tell the story often without saying anything. Yeah, and I love like, that. Wow, that's really cool. It's like an old style, you know, back in the day, silent movie type thing because you get the whole thing from the, the storytelling, but then nobody has to say anything. And I think there are huge chunks of this movie where people don't say anything at all. Yeah, where it's silent because we are now following the daughter who is deaf. And so you're hearing that she hears silence. So yeah. I like that. I did like that. I think it was effective. John Krasinski actually directed, but he does appear in the opening sequence, which was nice to see. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. And the opening sequence felt, I really liked that opening sequence. Yeah, it was very natural. I felt like it was reasonable. Uh, the only thing I don't get, okay, I forget. Was he some kind of like governmental agent or something? I don't even remember. No, but I don't think he was anything. The fact that he like instantly tells her to be quiet. Did you notice that? It was kind of weird. He did seem to know what was going on. Yeah, and then he goes up to the cop guy like, hey, what's what, what have we heard? As if there's something to know and that he's in on it. Maybe that's revealed in the third movie. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but I did think, why do they know to be quiet? Because it only just happened. Yeah, he instantly puts his hand over his daughter's mouth, tells her, shh, 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 and tells the other people to, grabs the phone. He's looking at the woman talking like, no, 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 don't talk. So I feel like that's, maybe that's another part of the, the last one, if we get another one. We've got Millicent Simmons as Reagan Abbott. I really like this girl. She was mm -hmm. in Hereditary, uh, which I really love that movie. It's an interesting one for people. We Yeah. We, we like movies of almost all the kinds. Maybe not Hallmark movies so much. I don't know. Maybe they're fine. But Hereditary is uh, one of those. And she was the young... Watch at your own risk. Yeah, she was the young girl in that movie. So, uh, And she's great in this, and she was great in the last one. I think she's one of the standouts for the movie. Oh, totally agree. I think she's excellent. Who else did I put down? Killian Murphy as Emmett. He, so he's a new addition to this movie. What do you think he added, or do you think he was good? Or Um, I understood... The character, right? He's his family, his kids died the first day, which sucks ass. And then his wife, he said she was ill. So I don't know. He didn't explain if she had cancer before or what. At some point, she also died from whatever she had, which is also horrible. So now he's holed up in this old warehouse kind of place. He's sort of broken. But he's also very prepared. <laughs> if you notice, everyone's very quickly prepared yeah. in this movie. It's been 456 days, I think it said, or something like that, from the beginning of this till now in this right. movie. All these people are very ready somehow, or, you know, they've figured out how to survive in this very weird world. But I think he's fine. I don't know. I feel like it was sort of generic. Yeah. Terrible. Spoilers. Uh, this is like a very spoilery thing, so... Don't listen if you've not seen it yet. Okay, now I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I had to mention about this movie is, even though they set up new characters and, and stuff, they didn't, why didn't we kill a major character? You know, I expected it again, I guess. Maybe they were trying to go against expectations, give you that ending that makes you feel kind of unsatisfied instead of just going for what you want. And there was nobody, you know, no major character is dead at the end. There's a wound on Emily Blunt. And Which, it's strangely unsatisfying. Is that what you're saying? Like, also seems unrealistic. Yeah, that nobody that, would bite yeah, it. That nobody we're following, except for the gentleman we meet on the island, uh, has an unfortunate end. Hmm. But talking of uh, people who bite it, Digimon Hounzu. Mm -hmm. That's what I was talking about. Digimon Hounzu. He plays Man. So, I mean, if you knew that he played Man, <laughs> yeah. you probably knew that he... <laughs> it sounds a little disposable. Yeah. So when he pops up, you're like, oh, wow, you know, we know him. He's a great actor. And then... How long is he in it? Four or five, five minutes? I mean, his screen time, yeah. 
Yeah. We've also got the director, John Krasinski. He also directed The Quiet Place and some episodes of The Office, which he also starred in. How do you like his directing? I like it. I think it's very right up in there. <laughs> right. We're right up in there a lot. Close-ups, you know, even when it's not zoomed in on somebody's face, like when Killian Murphy's talking to the daughter and she's saying to him, you have to enunciate because she's deaf and he's just kind of mumbling and he's got beard and mustache and everything. And it's a two shot and you're not zoomed right in on them. But because of all the stuff around and then the windows right there where you think, oh God, any second the creature could appear, it still feels very intimate and like close up. And you hear all the stuff, you know, like when she moves his head up, you hear his clothes moving. And I like that. I think that's good directing. Yeah, this movie does a good job with the sound. Like it uses the sound to absolutely, you know, like make you jump out of your pants about seven times. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You, me. Oh, definitely. I spilled my tea on me. By the way, I have to wash my blanket. Oh, nice. <laughs> because it does. It's very, very quiet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bang, something happens. And you're like, oh, God, you know. <laughs> Oh God! And that's yes. that's part of the horror of making a movie, The Quiet Place. It's about the difference between it being very quiet and a thing coming that's noisy as hell. So I do like that. That's a good thing. IMDb reviews. What are those, Sid? Uh, those are reviews on a little website called IMDb, yeah. where they give them a low score, one star, and you like to uh, you know point that out. If you like the movie, you think they're a little bit ridiculous. And if you dislike the movie, you think they are heroes. <laughs> All right. So these are the people who gave this movie one star. And the first guy says, there was no storyline to this movie. I was waiting for something to happen, but it just ended. I mean, that's... I partially agree with that part. There is a story. We have aliens who have invaded the earth and, are, and humans are dying. This is the story and how to survive. The ending I can't disagree yeah. with. But I don't feel like this episode of the... Sh I was going to say the show. This episode? <laughs> yeah. This episode of this movie series um, really furthers it very far. It really doesn't, sadly. In, that's the problem I had. It's more like you're watching another episode of a show and nothing much happened this week. That's We've got I like a dad replacement because he's got no family left. and Now he's feeling obligated to protect and survive with this new family of his that have just come upon him and you know things like that have happened but yes so the next guy says the first three quarters of this film were trash and the last quarter was copied from the last movie what the hell don't believe it's trash no but the ending does feel very similar to the ending of the other one. Oh yeah yeah it's like a almost a copy and paste ending but like let's make it double instead of one <laughs> Let's make it two things instead of one thing. You mean three things? Let's have two creatures die instead of one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. But in the same manner. Yeah, it's exactly the same every time. It's a trap and then, well, not a trap, but I mean, you're lured in, you make the noise, yeah. you blow its head off. I mean, that's it. And then... But to, yeah, maybe to lure about 10 or 20 of them, like yeah. you said, would be at least a start to a new idea. Yeah, because I think this movie, it definitely had the budget because everything, you know, there's a lot of CG. You could definitely have 20, 30 of these things if you wanted to. Yeah. But they just didn't go that far, which makes me think they were waiting for the third movie to go crazy with them, where there's hundreds of them at once. Hmm. Uh, and then finally, this person says, horrible story, dumb people making dumb decisions. Random people being able to have a party and make noise without any explanation. Well, that's... Is explained. It is explained. Of course, it's explained. They're on an island this now. This person wasn't watching. Yeah, they weren't paying attention because on the island, and none of these creatures have made it to the island until till we come along. So that's why they don't have to be quiet. They figured it out. 
So, to, to get across the water, basically. So there are no extras because this is not on disc yet, but they will be later. We couldn't review the extras, but we can give you a score this week for the movie. And I am giving A Quiet Place to a 7 out of 10. Oh, room was 6.5. Like, I really liked the first one. I, I think I probably gave the first one 9. Yeah, know? and my thing is, because I don't feel like I've been told, I mean, it's quality as far as making it, but movie experience, it's just above average, sadly. But it's still good. That doesn't make it not good. <laughs> I know that's confusing to some people, but hey. So thank you for letting us review that, Paramount. And next week, which will be my birthday weekend, Sid Talk. Oh, is it? Yeah, my present to myself is to review this movie. <laughs> Your present to yourself was a new microphone. Yes, but my other present is to review Marvel's Black Widow. Oh, yes, you do love the Black Widow. So thank you, Marvel, for putting that out on my birthday weekend. That's perfect. They know. They know. So movie recommendations for this week. I am going with, on based on this movie, Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, Repeat in other... Oh, yeah. Stars Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise. It's a fantastic movie. I love it. It's one of my favorite. It's a sci-fi Groundhog Day, let's say. Kind of. It is interesting. Yeah, it's really, really good. And my other one is a John John Krasinski stars in it, and it's by Michael Bay, and it's called 13 Hours, and it's a true story about the... You, you remember this one? Mm-hmm. Benghazi. The, the Benghazi. Yeah, and it, it he was fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that is one of Michael Bay's best movies. Because it's it's very well shot, very gritty, and it makes you wince a lot. It's very dramatic. So Edge of Tomorrow and 13 Hours are mine. And mine are based on me going back to the 80s and the list of movies that I have seen. Not just from the 80s, but from all time. But we're going still in 1981, I believe, with Sharky's Machine. Sharky's Machine. That's Burt Reynolds, right? That's Burt Reynolds. Not high quality, but hey, it's on the list. And Mad Max 2, Road Warrior, which I don't even remember, but I know I watched it. You watched that actually with me. We, I did. We watched all three I don't before remember. we watched Fury Road. Was it just super cheap? Yeah, it's very cheap. Okay, that I remember. And kind of <laughs> chintzy. Okay, like they were just cashing in? Is that what we're saying? Well, the first one's very cheap too, so. Absolutely. But the third one, they kind of had a big budget. But then the third one's the worst one. So it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. It's a weird series, to be honest. But Mad Max Fury Road is where it's at if you want to start watching Mad Max movies. So a Scully stuff. I've been playing some more Fortnite. Nothing really to say apart from I've been playing some more Fortnite. Uh, Another thing that happened this week is for the first time ever, Mr. Quentin Tarantino... Whenever I say Quentin Tarantino, here's an inside joke for the After the Show podcast. Usually, if we need to stop recording, my little safe word to tell Sid Talk that we're going to stop recording is Quentin Tarantino. But today, we're not going to stop recording Sid Talk. I just have to say his name because I'm talking about him. Okay. So, for the first time ever, Quentin Tarantino has put out a novel. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's the novelization of his movie from last year or the year before, but it is not a straight novelization. He's actually expanded upon it big time. Like it's mo- about three quarters of it is new story. So if you want, if you liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you wanted to learn more about the two, you know, the stuntman and the film star, there's a lot of new story in the book and he's wrote it himself. And what he said this week is when he's finished his 10th movie, he always said he'd make 10 movies, right? And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the ninth movie. When he's finished his 10th movie, he wants to go and live in his house and be an author and just write novels for good. Hmm. So we might. 
I mean, I don't care what Quentin Tarantino does with his life, but that's interesting. I love his uh, movies. I know you do. And when he, he's always said throughout his whole career, I'm making 10 movies and then I'm done. And I always thought, well, that's just like, you know, he's just saying that to be cool. Seems like that is what he's going to do. I'm going to start reading. I've not started reading yet, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I want to say also the paperback on Amazon, if you want to pick it up, it's only $7, which I think is reasonable for a brand new novel, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, $7? Most new novels like are between $20 and $40. So Quentin must be rich. Must be very rich and be able to put it out <laughs> yeah, cheap. I think that might be the answer, yeah. And my third thing this week I wanted to mention is the PS Plus for July. If you're a member of PS Plus, which is the PlayStation subscription service, the free games for July are Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which uh, is the last, well, it's an older Call of Duty game, but it's still a Call of Duty game. A Plague Tale, which is a game that I really loved. I played it on the Xbox. It's a game about like like 17th century France and the Great Plague. And it's about a family that get trapped and the, all the rats are in the city in Paris and all that. You kind know? of bizarre. Yeah, it's very cool. It's a, And that's one of the free games. And the other one is WWE 2K Battlegrounds. Uh, less said about that, the better. I'm not into wrestling. I wouldn't even load a wrestling game up if you're giving me for free, in fact. Goodness, listen to you, judgmental. Very judgmental. Okay. Yeah. Open-minded, too. That's great. All right, so that's my stuff for this week. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Jimmy John. And no, we're not sponsored. I'm just really lazy today. And we Our don't game- go to the other JJ, JM. <laughs> don't tell him the Jersey Mike story again. No, but we don't go there It's anymore. just not good. And that's it for supper. Are you wanting to know what my advice is? Already? Yeah. I need is it your... time? Yeah. It's time for your advice. Well, my advice is donate blood. If you can, if you will, if you have it in you. I mean, we all well, have it in Well, everybody has it in them. <laughs> True. Um, I didn't think, I mean, I was told a long time ago that I couldn't donate blood uh, because they misdiagnosed me when I was younger, telling me that I had had hepatitis, which you can't donate blood ever again after you've had hepatitis. So then I found out just, what, a year and a half, two years ago? that it was a misdiagnosis and that I could donate blood. And seriously, I have always wanted to donate blood. I'm not a goody two-shoes. I, mean, I don't are. do a lot for society. You know, I didn't produce any other humans to populate the world. I don't save anybody. I don't have a job that's like, you know, rescuing or any of that stuff. I'm not a teacher. I'm not all the things that people want to give you value for. Let's just say that. I mean, you love me. My mother loves me. <laughs> but I'm not really contributing a lot to society. So what I figure is, if you can literally drain some of the blood out of my body, like poke a needle in, drain it out, and put it in another person on like their worst possible day, most likely. I mean, it could be a tra- transfusion or something that's a normal medical procedure for them. But it could also be like, this is the day they accidentally, or they had a car wreck, or they accidentally got shot in a hunting accident, or they fell down some stairs and busted a vein, whatever, whatever it is. Or goodness forbid someone's trying to, I don't know. Well, they're committing a crime. You're a victim of a crime. Now you need blood, right? It could be the worst possible day of your life. You go to the hospital and boom, there's some other human has let somebody drain their blood and they can put it in. Now I happen to be O negative, which apparently is very popular. That's like the hero blood, they call it on Bob's Burgers. Yes, Bob's Burgers has an episode about donating blood. Is that the most common blood or the most rare blood? It is the blood that anyone can take. Anyone can have it put in them, regardless. So 
there's other combinations. You have to look it up because I don't know all the stuff. But all I know is that anybody who needs blood can take O negative blood, but not everyone can take A negative, B positive, whatever, all the other stuff necessarily. So they just, even when you, when I go donate blood and they go, oh, you're O negative. Oh, we're so glad you're here today. There's such a shortage. We're so grateful for you coming today. O negative is just so, it's such a short, you know. So they make it very clear. They love my blood. So I figure if I donate some of it, there's some contribution. Now, six times now I have. So I'm assuming that at least now six people will have been able to consume somehow my blood and help them out in some way. My issue is the last few times when I've gone, they've told me that my iron is too low, which really pissed me off. Now, if you you don't know me personally, probably I am of uh, the round persuasion. I've always been overweight and like nothing. And I mean nothing. You could tell me right now, hey, your your right arm is going to fall off if you don't lose 50 pounds. And I would say, "Mm, I'll be all right without my right arm. I'll just learn how to write with my left arm. Like nothing motivates me to lose weight. It doesn't matter that it's better for my heart. I don't care about my appearance. I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm not all, I don't need to be skinny, nothing. But when they told me my iron was too low that day, I am not kidding you. I was like, (gasps) I will do anything. And I, what I do, I immediately went to the store. I bought all the stuff they told me, spinach, raisins, molasses. You know, I won't take iron pills because they're a little hardcore, but I will eat, obviously. I did catch you sucking on an old dumbbell. (laughs) Actually, you didn't, but that's funny. My friend has low hemoglobin, which is also the way they put it. And they told her to use an iron skillet to cook with. For a few months. I didn't know that. I could also do that because it leaches into your food somehow. It doesn't sound great, but that's what they told her. But for me, I was like willing to, and I luckily we're vegetarian. I love spinach, so that's no big deal. But I was really determined to make myself get my iron up and I did it, donated blood. I went again a few weeks ago. Sorry, you have low iron. So I pumped up the spinach again, went the other day. Oh, good. You can give blood. Now, here's my other issue. I get really dizzy and wonky and weird, and I feel really, really out, like <laughs> like I'm going to pass out now every time. So my best friend said to me, maybe you shouldn't donate blood. I mean, if you're going to feel this way every time, and I'm like, nah, totally worth it. So that's my spiel for donating blood. If you can do it and you have the possibility and you can handle the needle, because, you know, they poke you with a needle and then you lay there and that's it. Well, um, I have anemia. I've had it all mm-hmm. the time. You know, I always have to take vitamins to get rid of that. So I won't be giving blood. Thank you. Well, you have low iron, but that doesn't mean you can't get your iron up. That's true. Do you make an effort? No. I just eat multivitamins. Does that count? Um, if it has iron, yeah, but we don't know if your iron is good. We should check it out sometime. So donate blood and be a good citizen. Yes. I'm not saying you're a bad citizen if you don't donate blood. I mean, you are mostly. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ascully.com is the website this podcast is available from. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can catch us on anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify. Where else, Sid Talk? All the places. Everywhere. Last FM. All the places. Alta Vista, Ash Jeeves. I don't know all the places. They're just places from like 20 years ago that probably don't exist. Probably. You can also email feedback to me, Ascully at Ascully.com. Sid Talk would not like to receive any email because you all suck. Uh, that is not true. Some of you probably do suck. I don't know that, but I wouldn't know that until you email me and I can make a judgment for myself. And stay classy, Mr. John Kravinsky. Is that right? Krasinski. Yeah, with a Z. And Emily Blunt Krasinski. Yeah, did we mention she's his wife? Yeah, she's his wife. In the real life. Yeah, so it's easy to direct your wife. Uh, do you think it would be? Probably not. (laughs) 
maybe if no one knows this, I am your wife. So, yeah, so I get what you're saying. Stay classy, the Krasinski family. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, or somebody will do it for you. 